Welcome into the Maroon Mike podcast. I'm your co-host, Andrew Miller. Your other co-host, Daniel Faulkner. And obviously, you know, this is a podcast that it's going to be, you know, it's difficult to talk about it. Obviously, at this point, everybody knows the situation. Uh, Mike Leach passes away at the age of 61, a very sudden loss for the Mississippi State program, a very sudden loss for the college football world. Um, A guy who has been such an influential figure across the sport in a variety of ways, and a guy who was really starting to make it happen in Starkville. And you just Sunday afternoon or Sunday afternoon, you get the news of, you know, he's being air, you know, transported to Jackson. And then a day later, you know, he ultimately passes. We find out about it on Tuesday morning officially. And it's a, it's a very dark time for Mississippi state football and for college football as a whole. Yeah. Um, and, and you can tell just from the, the nation's reaction, the kind of impact Mike Leach had on everybody, right? And and most notably his impact in Starkville, Mississippi, Lubbock, Texas, and Pullman, Washington. Uh, the the just the way that all three fan bases of the schools that he coached at rallied together, right? I mean, I mean, we're all here for each other because all of us lost a family member, right? And and while he was currently at state. He was so well beloved in in at Texas Tech and Washington State, but just loved by everyone, right? You just didn't meet people who didn't love him, um, and and so it it it's just tough to like put that into words. And and I think a lot of people will think the way I'm thinking right now. You know, we're just hoping that we wake up from this nightmare. You know, it just feels like a bad dream. You just want to wake up. You know, and, and, you know, look at your phone like, oh, hey, latest press conference. Oh, let's see what, you know, Coach Leach said. Oh, how is he preparing for the bowl game? But but there is no waking up from that. I'm, and, you know, there, there's nothing but but love. And, and just the way that all of us are hurting is just shows how much we love that man. And, and you know, that it's just it's hard to it's hard to comprehend this right it, it still doesn't feel entirely real it, it just everything happened so fast um and and my heart goes out to Sharon and to to his kids like, it's just I, I can't imagine how it is for them um just how how quickly he was taken away um but you know we this is this is where we show our love still right um and that we will support her and the children and the grandchildren um, because we're family, no matter what. No, you're absolutely right. Um, it, it, it's easy when you talk about a figure as big as Mike Leach to kind of forget the actual importance. And that is, you know, the family that he's ultimately leaving behind. Um, and you mentioned something, kind of the thought of like, you know, we're going to wake up and this, you know, didn't happen. I, I had that thought some today, you know, it was, Kind of a weird process where Sunday, you know, throughout the evening, it was just constantly refreshing, like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then I was, you know, very, I mean, I was scared and just, you know, what is happening? And by Monday, there had been, it almost felt like there was a level of just kind of knowing what the reality is. And, I I mean, I felt like I had a a slight level of acceptance. And then still Tuesday morning when the announcement comes out, I mean, you couldn't help but wake up and you see the news and just start crying. Like it, it's, it, it was really tough. And, and again, now it, it, you have that, 
that surreal feeling of man, like we're not going to get those leech moments anymore. And we're, we're like, he's him not being a part of college football. is not something that, you know, he's been a part of college football our entire lives and we don't have that anymore. Um, and from obviously from the Mississippi state standpoint, we'd lost our football coach and you've got a team who lost their coach and a bunch of people who, who loved him dearly, who, you know, they no longer get him around anymore. Like we, we obviously, you know, we lose a guy who was just a great personality in the sport and you get the people who of course are close to him, who they're losing so much more. And it's, it's really tough. And it's, it's one of those things like, you know, he had the, the health issues throughout the season. And of course people made all the rumors, always oh, going to retire at the end of the year. And I, if you still talk to anyone who knew him, they will stand firm. There was never a thought of him retiring at the end of the season. And, what happened? I'm not I, like I don't know the, the full details. A lot of people seem to think it was an unrelated issue from what he had been dealing with earlier. It was just one of those things that, out of the blue, you know, he he suffers the heart attack, and it, it ultimately was was a really really tough situation that he couldn't come back from. And it something happened like that. It, it's really really difficult uh, to know how you're going to bounce back from it, and. It, obviously, a tough time across college football because you lose, again, such an influential figure in the sport. Uh, and it's a tough time around Mississippi State. And just personally, it annoys me with myself a little bit where the you know the last podcast I did, I was, you know, a little ticked off during that episode because, well, Leach had made some comments that, had, you know, made Dylan Johnson mad. And I was like, this is not going to be a good look for the program right now. And I was talking about, like, this is the stuff with Mike Leach that he has to be better about. And it's, of course, then you, you get a few days later and the man's gone. And it just, it, it, it bothered me with myself to know, like, like you're getting frustrated over something stupid. Like, okay, he, like Mike Leach had like a, and a player didn't get along. Who cares? And like this whole, like there was a part of that episode where I kind of felt like the sky was falling from the program. Like, Oh my God, all these players are about to leave. Never going to happen. That was not the situation. It was a stupid thing to get frustrated with because now here we are and you, you don't have your coach. And the guy who, again, was – I had been really excited to be MSU's football coach, and I I still was very much looking forward to the future. And I, I'm glad the season ended up the way it did. I'm glad he was able to go out a winner um, and get that Egg Bowl win and that we had a moment where it felt like we're finally getting things in the right direction. And obviously this happens. And, and I, I really do hate that we'll never get to fully see Mike Leach, Mississippi State. Like, we, we got a little bit of it. Um, but I know his full vision was not fulfilled here. And, the, you know, that, that's disappointing. But, again, the, the Mississippi State side is very minuscule when you consider the grand scheme of things, when you, you look at the figure that was actually lost in the sport. Yeah, and you know he, yeah, his footprint will forever be on college football, right? But not just with with all the the coaching tree that that is huge, right? So many coaches, and really like you know three coaches in the top ten uh, of college football playoff rankings. You know, we're we're from him being uh, Sonny Dykes in the playoff, right? Sonny Dykes is is. Leech, one of Leach's guys, uh, and and Heupel, who 
had a chance to get the playoff. Uh, and and then uh, Lincoln Riley, and we know what he does. It, it's just, you know, there, there's just so much to talk about with him uh, because, you know, that that his offense that he and Hal Mummy created was just so influential to, to changing the sport and changing how we look at it. And you're right, you know, there, there, the, the potential was through the roof with him here, right? Because, you know, some people are like, oh, he's messing this up, he's messing that up. Hey, when you look at the years of how he started, right, and everyone said, oh, year three is the year. I think his third year at Washington State, they went three and nine. You know, so I, I don't know entirely what year three was, uh, was the thing. I mean, that's the time it took to establish the offense fully, but – what it took him uh, eight years at Texas Tech to have their greatest season in school history. I mean, it, it just it, it does things will happen, right? And they were going to happen. Um, and and you know, it it seems almost insignificant that like, man, it doesn't it doesn't matter that we didn't get to see it right now. It just it, it hurts because we didn't get to see Coach and I. And I think. You know, I was listening a lot to Brian Haydad, Steve Robertson, and, and Robbie Falk just the last few days because, I mean, you know, they had – they're keeping us updated. And, and you know, Brian made a fair point, like, you know, Sunday night uh, for, for Thunder and Lightning. You know, none of us care if he doesn't coach again, right? We just wanted him to live. We wanted him to live well. We wanted him to, to enjoy the rest of his life. And um, that was taken away from him too. And – you know, it's once again, it's a reminder just, you know, to to keep your loved ones close, right? You never know when the, when something sudden is going to happen, right? And, and you know, listening to Steve, I got one motion. He's telling a story, right, that, you know, you always want to just leave on a good note, right? Happy with everyone. Yes, what happened to, to Leach and Dylan Johnson, you know, it, a lot of us were overreacting and as you're right, like at the time it was like, man, like bad things could happen. Uh, but Mike was being Mike, right? He just spoke his mind and he doesn't care what, what Dylan thought of him. Uh, Cause he was the coach and Dylan was the player. And, and, you know, that's just how he spoke. Uh, but the thing was, I mean, he, he is a, he was always a genius and he, he was a good judge of character, I think. And, you know, the, the my favorite way that people describe them on national television all, all throughout the country was one of one. You know, there, there was only one Mike Leach. All these other coaches, you know, what they've done could be replicated. But but what Coach Mike Leach did will never be replicated, right? You will never have a guy that, that you know, just played rugby at BYU, learned about the offense just watching football and and you know got the chance to coach i mean it's just it's such an incredible story that that it, it can't be repeated and and it just gives great joy to just know that like he said i want to be a part of mississippi state you know i want i want to coach there and and you know let them just experience you know the the joy that is uh that is you know at the time that it was him so it, we're we're gonna forever be thankful for just him allowing us to to be a part of his story, um, and it is definitely the most unique story I think in college football history. Uh, it's a beautiful story too, for sure. And while you know, like I was saying, maybe the the on field product that vision never fully got to be fulfilled because of the short time. 
we still did get the full Mike Leach experience. Like we got every part of Mike Leach being your football coach. Um, the good, the sometimes bad, the funny. We got to experience all of that in three years. And it's certainly I something I will be grateful to have gotten to experience as a Mississippi State fan. Um and you mentioned, you know, the 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 idea of, you know, the 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 one of one. Obviously it's there is no one like Mike Leach and a guy having a, a mind like he did where he is just, he was curious about any and everything. And uh, there have been a people, a few people, I think correctly point out sometimes him, you know, asking questions of other people was very much like, I don't feel like answering questions about my football team, but he, uh, he, he was genuinely curious though. And he did want to know, and he did want to find ways to connect with people over any topic out there. And, it's why you you get the, the the comments and the sound bites over the years is because he had an opinion on any and everything and he wanted to you know know what you had to think about any and everything which is not something that you see in college football where so many coaches are buttoned up so many coaches are um you know they they don't want to provide access to media and again with leach it is a little bit different because for as open as he was he wasn't always necessarily open about the football side of things which is what i know a lot of journalists are going to be looking for but he still was going to provide you plenty to write about. He still was going to provide you uh, plenty of content to put out there because of the personality that he was and the conversations you could have with him. And I will say, you know, as dis- obviously 61 is way too young to, to have been, you know, you know, passing away. And you're right that he's not going to get the rest of his life to you know, enjoy. We talked about that some that when he does retire, it's going to be he wants to retire so that he can go and be the adventurer that he is. But I will say that I think Leach is a bit of a testament to making the most of what you got while the time that you're here. Because even though I know that there's got to have been thousands of things that Mike wanted to go do that he didn't get to do, the man certainly found ways to enjoy life and live life in a ways that a lot of us don't think to do everybody always talks about you know you know you 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 never know when you get the opportunity to do this again you never know if you you'll be back here you never know when your time is going to come and you're going to look you know be regretting that you didn't get to do something i feel like leach tried to live his life that way and go take advantage of i'm just going to go and like i'm going to be curious and going to be interested in things so that i can live the most full life possible yeah, for sure. And I love what you said about curiosity. You know, I think the favorite, the, the story that exemplifies that was at the uh, state and Texas A&M game this year, Alyssa Lang was uh, the sideline reporter and after the game state blowout victory. Right. Uh, and, and Lee just had his sound bites on weddings before. Right. And, and so Alyssa says, well, coach, you, know, you have strong takes on weddings. I'm preparing for one. What would you love to do? And you just saw his face just light up, right? Because he wants to know, right? And, and he's at like, who are you married? His name's Trevor. Uh, what does he do? He's in television. He covers football, just like me. And, and you know, he was like, all right, well, let me, like, and he's imparting his wisdom, right? And, uh, but he was genuinely curious. And, you know, like the truth is like, they would have, they would have called him again, right? And and gotten more information at the end of the season. Obviously, you know, you're busy with football during the season. That's what he said. Like after the season's over, call me, right? And uh just provided a, a wonderful sound bite. But that was just that was Mike being Mike. And in his experience, he said that's the best thing you can do. 
and and um, you know we we could go for hours and hours on this podcast, right? Telling just all the numerous stories, not just from Starkville, but from Lubbock, from Pullman, uh, from from everywhere, right? And even from the beginning in uh, in Iowa Westland, right? It, there's just there's so much to unpack, and you know when people say like you know the man was a genius, I mean it's because he just took in so much knowledge, right? And and he was always the smartest man in every room he walked to walked into it, it just that's who he was and and you know when we say it in opinion on everything it's because he knew just about everything uh and and it, it was just it, it's a beautiful thing and and you know i've said it before i'll reiterate it just it, it forever thankful that that he chose mississippi state as as his destination right and and i think we all knew it was going to be his last stop no matter what he was and I remember us saying this a few weeks ago for the Egg Bowl. Mike didn't want to coach into his 70s, right? Like, I mean, why, why would he want to do that? Uh, but he would definitely want to spend, you know, another maybe five years here uh, had he been given the opportunity. And and he definitely would have, you know, if 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 his life wasn't uh, tragically cut short. But, you know, and, and we've all shared all of our stories, right? Because everyone – everyone had a Mike Leach story. That's how many lives he touched. And, and so, um, but I know that Andrew and I could, could go on for hours and hours and, and, you know, we, there's only so much that we really can talk about that you haven't heard before. Um, but, you know, I think we all speak with each other and, and agree that we're just absolutely heartbroken, absolutely heartbroken. Uh, it is, there's nothing else to say than that uh, because, in one way or another, Mike touched all of us, um, and and he had an impact that we will remember forever. Oh, for sure. And it's again, this isn't even just as as much as it is a dark day for Mississippi State. It's a dark day for the sport of football. That someone who was such a breath of fresh air in so many ways, while also being a behemoth in terms of how he impacted the game that we see today. Um, to lose him is awful. And you talk about the stories that have come out. It's, you know, that's been far and away. The the only good thing to come out of any of this is that you get to see those stories and you get to hear about how great Mike Leach was and the people who knew him personally. And you see that he is, again, so often portrayed as this caricature. And to an extent, he, he lives up to that. But there's also a completely different side of him that, well, I say different side of him. It's him being him. He, he like he's. I don't think he's any different when he you know talk with the media than he is in real life. But it's you. You do get a little bit of a different side of like his mindset of you know yeah I'll, I'll talk to anybody everybody. I think Bruce Feldman made a point in his you know article remembering Mike because like obviously Bruce co-wrote uh, the book uh, Swing Your Sword and he he and Mike Leach are very close. Um, he said I think he said something along the lines of I mean if you could give anybody Mike Leach's number and. Leach would find like if that person texted them, they would have a conversation. And mm-hmm. I, I, I almost, I, it, it bothers me that I didn't get into college football at an earlier age than I did, where I, you know, don't have the same memories of Leach, you know, at Texas Tech that other people do. And like my introduction to Mike Leach, this is a little look into to my brain because obviously, if you follow me, you know, I like talking about you know offensive scheme and stuff like that, and. I like learning about the air raid. I literally got familiarized some of the air raid offense because I was looking for good plays to run for like flag football and touch football 
amongst friends because I was kind of a, the the dork who wanted to draw up plays. And for a while, I was so, you know, into the running game. Because, like, I think one of the first offenses I got into was, like, Chip Kelly, Oregon. And obviously, like, it was super spread offense, but it was built around the ground game. But, mm-hmm. like, no one wants to run the football in backyard. Everybody wants to sling it around. So I'm like, well, let me try to find plays that would work for that. And, of course, you stumble across the Air Raid offense. And at the time, the SB Nation site, Coog Center at Washington State, had a long series uh, that is still great to go and look back on if you're still interested in learning about this offense. Just kind of explaining the ins and outs of the air raid and how Leach did things. And that was my introduction to this offense. And that was kind of my introduction to Mike Leach. And I, you know, got kind of hooked on it since that point. And it's why I enjoy learning about it so much. It It's an offense that is, to me is beautiful in the way that it fits together. And a lot of the philosophy just makes a lot of sense to me. And I, I'll say like I I would have loved nothing more than to get to go and like sit in on a like an offensive install or you know I would love to go sit on a team meeting both for the you know the information but also the you know the entertainment factor if you've ever read the stories of Mike Leach's quarterback meetings uh, pretty much every one of those comes out with quarterback saying yeah we didn't learn anything today he spent thirty minutes talking about the Roman Empire and then another twenty minutes discussing war tactics uh, of whoever. But, I mean, that was Mike Leach being Mike Leach, and I would have loved to have gotten to experience that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and to anyone who, who's interested or, or nearby, so there will be a memorial service on December 20th, Tuesday, at Humphrey Coliseum at 1 o'clock. Doors open at noon. Uh, so if, if you're able to and you'd like to come to uh, Starkville, or if you're already here, uh, you know, just driving over to the hump, and uh, you know, join with a lot of people in in honoring our coach. Um, and and there there's going to be a lot of people there. I think I don't think they have the space in the Coliseum to uh, to fill up the number of people who will want to to attend this this memorial. But just because that's the number of people that 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 he had an impact on. And you know, it was crazy thinking about it because I was listening to to Robbie and, and Brian uh earlier today and they were saying i mean you know this is kind of thing that you know uh you see lane kiffin show up right to honor his friend nick saban could could drive over right uh uh, sonny dykes lincoln riley like i mean i know they're preparing for their bowls but but this is their friend that they lost right and and they would want to come honor honor their friend right and and a lot of people just a lot of people from state are going to come and and it's just it's it's still just hard to fathom, right? Still just hard to fathom. But but uh, December twentieth, um, one p.m. Humphrey Coliseum. Yeah, no, that's I I, I agree that that's going to I don't again I don't know if the stadium can hold that the the people who are going to want to come out for Mike Leach because again it's it's the Mississippi State family obviously taking a tragic hit. I believe the last head coach, sitting head coach to uh, pass away, I think it was Randy Walker at Northwestern in 2006. Um, it's This is not something that happens a lot in college football. Uh, but then again, a guy who was so impactful for the game as a whole. And I know a lot of people have seen like the thread that Chris Brown at Smart Football on Twitter put out, which you should definitely go follow him, explaining all the ways that Leach changed the game. But, I mean, it's not just – 
like it, Chris, you know, proclaimed, like, I don't know if there's a more influential coach to the game of football in the past 40 years. Because it, it's not even just, you know, we, we talk about obviously the coaching tree and the incredible coaches that have come out of the air, you know, come from, you know, Mike Leach's leadership. Um, and, you know, you, of course, when you have success, people are going to start picking up on the passing concepts that you run and start trying to emulate some things. And, you know, we've seen that trip all the way up to the NFL. I think there's some stuff out there about like the Bill Belichick Patriots, basically like after they got Wes Welker, like they kind of started to implement some air raid stuff to find ways to utilize him and to take advantage of having Tom Brady. And it really changed their passing attack. Um, but one of the things that I think is so monumental is like what I think the one of the reasons you talk about Leach and how he completely changed football is because of the impact he had on the high school game and then the trickle-up effect that re, that results. Leach winning the way he did in Texas. We all know Texas high school football and the, the talent that comes out of that state and how important that is for shaping, you know, college football because of the players that are going to come out of there. When Leach started winning the way he did, and with the air raid, it's, more, it's not just running these certain plays. It's a philosophy to how you go about practice and how you game plan and how you prepare. And it made a lot of sense at the high school level. All these high schools in Texas start lining up four or five wide, throwing it all over the yard in like a, a state that, and again, this is something Chris Brown talked about in his thread, for so long it was all power football, I formation. You know, that's what, how you had to win in Texas. Almost overnight, everybody switches to, well, I want to do what Mike Leach is doing. And it completely changed high school football across the state of Texas. And what happens with football is I mentioned it's a trickle-up effect. Because when all the talent that you know the colleges are recruiting have been developed to play in these types of systems, at a certain point you can't say, well, we'll make them work for the system that we, we run now. We're going to make them pro-style quarterbacks or pro-style receivers or whatever. You kind of realize, why don't we do what you know works for what these kids were learning? So you start seeing the spread revolution across the co- across college football, and eventually the same thing happens with the NFL. The NFL, who's been so stodgy for so many years, about you know we have a specific way of doing things in the NFL. We have to have, you know, it's getting up and checking the protection, and you know, get, calling out like three different play calls at the line of scrimmage for three different situations, and it's fifty words a piece, and. You know, you got to read this coverage and diagnose what where this blister's coming from and all this kind of stuff. Stuff that, like, today college football players are not doing it. And they're not doing it because they that's what they were learning in high school, and they were learning in high school because of Mike Leach. Eventually, the NFL has started to realize, you know what, why don't we open things up more to fit our offenses with the players? Like, if we want to get these talented players to come play in the NFL, we're probably going to need to run some stuff that they're used to. You get the NFL being this wide-open passing league to the point that, Cliff Kingsbury, a Mike Leach, obviously a former quarterback, who was not a very successful college head coach. I know he produced a lot of great offenses, but he was pretty mediocre in uh, college and had zero NFL experience as a coach, gets a head coaching job in the NFL specifically because that's where the NFL is at. Like, well, we want a guy who can run an offense that fits what today's players are built around. It all traces back to Mike Leach. I've seen a few people point out Patrick Mahomes, who was a first-round pick, and of course now is like the best quarterback in the NFL. There's a chance a decade ago that guy goes undrafted. Exact same talent, exact same skill set. And there's a chance he goes undrafted because, well, that offense, we can't do that in the NFL. And like we don't really care about what traits he has because he hasn't learned how to run an NFL-type offense. Mike Leach is partially responsible for Patrick Mahomes making it big time. 
in the like having a guy like that in the sport. So he truly revolutionized football. And I, I do think it's important to hit that home. And I know some people have been doing it, but so often I think Mike Leach gets, gets boiled down to he was a really funny coach who had a lot of great sound bites and, you know, won games by throwing the football. Well, he was also a brilliant football mind who completely helped revolutionize how the entire game is played. And th that's where, I mean, a, a guy who absolutely should be a college football hall of famer. It's ridiculous that they have this stupid arbitrary win percentage that you have to get in. Um, even with, even if he wasn't nearly as close as he was, you can't tell me that guy is not a college football hall of famer with the careers that he had at the places that he did, but even more so the impact he had on the sport. So it, it's, it's a huge loss for college football as a whole. And I think it was, it's important that we point out that it's how important he truly was to not just college. I mean, football, American football as it exists today, you would not know it that way if it were not for Mike Leach. Absolutely. Right. And, you know, yeah. Yeah. Just his impact. And you kind of covered all of that right there. Right. I mean, Everything he's done, absolutely phenomenal. Changed the game of football the way we see it and the way we loved it in in high school and college. Uh, that was that was credit to him. So, um, you know, to 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 Mike the pirate, we thank you. We remember you. Uh, you were forever have an impact to to not just our hearts and our minds, but to, to the game that we love so much down here. And I mentioned earlier, we got so many of those great Mike Leach moments. And while he was here, even though we we, we didn't get, again, the, the full tenure that we all wanted to have, we certainly got to have the full Mike Leach experience just in three short years. And, I mean, it couldn't have started off any better than putting 44 on the defending champs down in Death Valley with A.J. Costello having the greatest one-hit wonder performance in – maybe an SEC football history going for 623 yards. Like I, I know the seat that season did not, you know, obviously things changed very quickly, literally the next week, but there was, I don't think there was any more appropriate entrance to Mike Leach in the SEC than immediately coming in and notching a big upset on the road against the defending national champs in the manner in which MSU did it. Yeah, it, it was, you know, I remember just we were like, man, we're so proud of Mississippi State. We love Mississippi State. We're the best team in the country. You know, we're talking about winning a national championship because we beat LSU in Death Valley, their their first loss in what a year and a half, really, like calendar time. It was insane. And then obviously, you know, Arkansas changed things, but but you'll never take that win away from us and the joy that we had. We like, look, you know, right away. Leach made his presence known, and and you know we thought, man, like, we got our guy at quarterback, we've got our receivers, and everything looking great and perfect, and and it it was phenomenal. And then you know you get the great soundbite at the end of the game. You know we played LSU because you know the Packers, the the Patriots, the Chiefs weren't available, and and you know you get great quotes like that right away. And and like you said, it, it didn't the season didn't go as we wanted, but. You know, it ended well, definitely, you think. And the team showed true progression. And that was something that you you always saw under 
uh, under players for, for Mike Leach is just progression. And, and while I, you know, you, you started up like really like way up at the top uh, and then you kind of crash hard, but then you built yourself back up and it was just, it was a joy to, to get to watch that for sure. Yeah. And where I look at it, his tenure, where we started to see like more of the air raid within kind of what it was going to be here, would it would have been the next year uh, going down to college station where, you know, A&M was ranked in the top 25 at that point. Obviously, they were coming off a loss to Arkansas. But the road game, again, a very tough place to play. Obviously, a team Mike Leach has a ton of history against, personally. Um, and that was, I think, the, the true breakout game for Will Rogers. I believe he went over 400 yards on the night and three touchdowns. Um, and you, you, that was, like, the first time we saw – the air raid on display against a true SEC defense that had been a pretty good defense. And keep in mind, AM literally beat Alabama the very next week. Um, and it was everything Mike Leach envisioned working. And it was one of those times where it was like, oh, this, it, I think that was the start of, because obviously all MSU fans had heard up into that point was Rush Tree drop eight, Mike Leach is screwed. That's what we had to hear over and over and over again. And I think a lot of us were trying to explain that's not the case. But we didn't have as much proof of concept, at least not that people were could take as, you know, legitimate. And you finally get it in that game. And I've always heard I've, – I've heard a little uh, – a little – I'm trying – somebody's told me that, like, they in, in the locker room post-game, uh, Mike Leach was kind of on one in, in a good way and made a little comment – uh, that I'll, I mean, like, we'll, we're gonna beat their ass every time we see them, and then sure enough, the next year we beat their ass in Starkville. And yeah. well, I think we, Mike Leach loves beating Texas AM. There is, I know he, he, he has, he's, he said many times he's had respect and he genuinely likes college, not Kyle Field and uh, their fan base and the 12th man, but uh, I believe his career record against the Aggies is uh. He's like nine and four or something like that against Texas A&M throughout his career. Good, um, good record. That's what I know. <laughs> it, that, that was certainly something I was looking forward to in the future is knowing that we could chalk up A&M as a win for us every single year, which, and I know that's, that's obviously a game that's uh, kind of personal for you. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> I remember I chalked them up as, uh, as a loss for us preseason and, uh, I forgot. I, I forgot the pirate owns uh, the Aggies, and and I, you know, his famous quote, right? Every once in a while, a pirate can beat a soldier. <laughs> it was actually fairly often because that was in Kyle Field. He made that quote, and and it was fairly often that the pirate did beat the soldier, and uh, y- you know, just like you said, A and M was not a. Yes, this season they're a bit of a pushover, but if you look at it. If you if you don't count really that Appalachian State loss because they did bounce back and beat Arkansas, we kind of like started their losing. We started their losing streak to where they just fell apart this year. You know, maybe they just got so sick and tired of of losing to 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 Mike that they just fell apart. You know, it's just, it, it they couldn't get over it. And um, but you know, in twenty twenty one, they weren't a pusher. Just like I said, they beat Alabama. That was a really good defense. And and to understand about the rush three drop eight that that we you know, we beat that, right? I, th- I think Elko was still their uh, defensive coordinator in 21, um, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he and, was. Um, Which, by the way, Mark yeah, Elko, okay. very good coach, considering what he just did at Duke. It's not like this was some terrible D.C. that State 
was lighting up on that day. That was just Mike Leach doing Mike yeah. Leach things. Mike Elko is really good. And to understand, like, how you beat the rush through drop eight, uh, you know, I watched this morning uh, the the 60 minutes that they did with uh, with Leach, right, back in 2009. And I, or eight, I don't know what year it was, but uh, I think Graham Harrell was still the quarterback. Maybe he wasn't. But uh, the quarterback, you know, the, the guy asked, they, they did a helmet cam. And it was like, all right, what is uh, what is your what's going on like through this here the play that, that he showed on the helmet cam, and then he was like, and, and I'm just gonna say it was Graham Harrell, maybe it was or wasn't, but I'm gonna just say it was him. And it's like Graham Harrell went on for three minutes, right, explaining every little detail. You know, it was like three or four minutes, right, just explaining. It's like so that long to explain how you were thinking in two seconds. I was like, that takes a lot of mental capacity. And it takes a lot of time growing with it. And so that's why I was like, that's why it was hard to, to get guys to, to understand it. Uh, and, and, you know, when you have a genius of a coach who does understand it, well, well, he can't go out there and then throw the football. Uh, you got to get the athletes out there. You just got to teach them. And so like, yeah, at first, Rush Lee Drop 8 worked because, oh, well, we, we figured it out. But the, the quarterbacks didn't know how to go through the progressions properly. And they didn't know how to read where each defender was and, know where they were going to go because that was also that like all right because they're in this formation they did this this is where they're going like it just it's so much that you have to know and so uh you know yeah definitely showed out against texas a&m that that rush three drop eight was no longer the easy way to beat mississippi state's air raid and and yeah coach leach he, he showed out and he did what he what he loves to do is beating beating the aggies no, for sure. And later that season, we get what is easily one of my favorite victories of all time. Um, in Jordan-Hare Stadium, a place that has been a house of horrors for Mississippi State, you fall behind 28-3, to the infamous score. And you, you go down right before halftime and are able to get a, a big touchdown right before the half. Um, and from the moment State scored that touchdown, but really, I mean, the beginning of that drive, and I think it was a long drive, they went on to get a touchdown for half to make it 28-10. From the beginning of that drive through the end of the game, I have never seen an offense operate the way that that offense operated on that day, the way Will, Will Rogers was just unconscious, unconscious out there. State scores 40 unanswered points to come back from down 28-3, to and just everybody talks about with Mike Leach, like he – he, he's responsible for the biggest comeback win in each of his program's history. Um, I believe with Washington State, it was against Boise State. I think they were down like 31-10 to 10 or something like that. Texas Tech was down like 38-7 or something like that in a bowl game one year, 2006, in the Insight Bowl and came back against Minnesota. And then twice in the same year, Mike Leach does it for Mississippi State. First down, uh, what was it, 34-14 to 14 in the fourth quarter against Louisiana Tech. And then down twenty eight three, going about to go into halftime against Auburn, you you get both of those incredible comebacks and that game and just the way it, it, it's so funny because like I, I remember listening to the uh, shutdown full cast um, after dark at following that game, and, and Spencer Hall makes the comment like like these were long drives. It wasn't like State hit a bunch of big plays and was just like kind of fluky stuff. I was like, no, 
it's like 78 yards, 91 yards, like on and on and on. And he, and he made the point. And you know what they were running like half the time? Freaking mesh. Just mesh over and over and over again. And it was like – it was such a Mike Leach game because it was him – you have an incredible comeback and him doing it his way. And it's just it was such a fun victory to get to experience. Of course, we get the memes that resulted a- afterwards. Well, you know, yeah, Auburn being the the great chokers there. And, and, and obviously one of our favorite moments ever with Coach was dancing in the locker room. And, and his, his press conference on that also was just beautiful. You know, he, he referred to the players as his captors, right? And, and just, just walking in place wasn't enough. And so he, he throws his hands up, you know, just doing something. And, and he's just trying to get out of there, right? <laughs> because – He's not one to, to dance and celebrate like that. But, you know, it just it, – yeah. Uh, I, I remember that game very well. Uh, you know, I was here in Starkville and, and, and just starting to watch it. I was planning on going to watch uh, state volleyball. Uh, and I saw we go down big. I was like, well, let me go now, you know, get in before the, the game starts against Tennessee. And we're watching – someone's like, oh, my God, like, we put up two touchdowns, like, we're, we're starting to come back. And I was like, well, I guess I'll put it on my phone. Like, okay. And we keep scoring. We take the lead. It's like, we look around like, what's happening? Like, you know, <laughs> and then we go out, beat Tennessee uh, in a thrilling match and, and you know, beat Auburn. It was a great day for Mississippi State sports. And and I said, yeah, it, it, it was a beautiful day. Just a beautiful day. And, and you got to, you get, yeah, that, that great comeback. You know, and and it just proved like he's never out of the game, right? Because there were times where just the offense just was stopped so easily, and it looked bad. And there were times where it just flourished, uh, and you just don't know entirely what changed because the game plan didn't change. That was the crazy thing about it. He didn't say at one point, "Well, we're getting stops. So let me just run the ball more." That that wasn't Mike Leach. He never just said, "Oh, I'm gonna have to run the ball more because we're getting stopped on the passing the ball." No, he's like, we're gonna do it until it until it freaking works. And that was one thing that was just so beautiful about him. He just did not change. And we love him so much for that. And that game was proof. It like it eventually worked. And just like you said, Andrew, it's just just run and mesh and it's gonna work out. You did we just had to execute. We just gotta execute plays. If uh, that was the game where I think there was the infamous line where like one of the sideline reporters catches Mike Leach. While State's down, like, three touchdowns early on, like, if we execute, they can't stop us. And, like, everyone is just roasting him for those comments, like, really? Because you guys are getting your tails whooped. No, Mike Leach was right. If we execute, they can't stop us. And that's – it's a perfect example of who he is because it's like, I'm going to do what I have prepared these guys to do, and we are not going to shy away from it because I know that eventually it will work for us. And we saw it in that game. And – you know, with this last year, obviously you come in with high expectations to, to take a step forward. And it was, you know, up and down. I think the results on field sometimes didn't match what people wanted. I mean, we almost returned the favor to Auburn um, this year with, with the way State played in that game. Yeah. Um, but I, I do remember because everybody talked about with Mike Leach, no lead is safe, uh, both the opponents and his own. He had not had like a big choke lead in his time at Mississippi State, which is something that he had had in his previous stops. We came very close to it happening, but uh, thankfully we were able to get that pull that game out. And you go into the Egg Bowl, kind of knowing this is one we we need to get to really get things moving back, like fully everybody be on board, moving in the right direction. And 
ugly game, a lot of weirdness. Um, and it, it's ironic because it wasn't very Mike Leach and that state was running the ball a lot on that night. But they did what they had to do to get the win. And dis- defense comes up in the end. And I think that, I mean, if nothing else, even though it was kind of an ugly game, you have to be happy knowing if Mike Leach went out winning and winning over the rival program. Uh, if, if if that's you know, the, the last legacy we have of him in Starkville. Last time we saw him was holding, you know, he was holding up the golden egg trophy. So uh, it, it was, it's one, one, one great way to go out for sure. Well, you know, he, he found his, uh, he found his chest of gold and, and, you know, that, that was his prize, right? Yeah, that was how he got to go out. And yeah, that egg bowl game was just absolutely wild. Right. And, and, you know, if anyone was out there at the time, right, uh, just not not happy with our performance, it was me. All you had to do is look through some of my, my tweets. And I, you know, some of I still would stand by, right? And it was just oh, like poor decision-making by the players on the field, right? I, I thought we had some poor decision-making. And, you know, it doesn't matter, right? We won. That's what matters the most. Could have saved me some some stress in there, but you know what? It's okay. We won the game. And that's just it. We did help provide the country with great entertainment, right? With a wonderful, wonderful football game, and you know, like I said, it's so good that that coach got to go out like this. And yeah, you know, I think I loved hearing the words of Lane Kiffin uh, the other day. Just uh, yeah, first of all, you know, the two were friends, right? And that was one of the first things he said is, "I love coach. I loved him, right?" Um, and and he mentions like, "Look, like you know." We had a great. He he was right. He had a great part, and and both of them had a great part in in lessening the toxicity of the rivalry and just having fun, and and just still competing hard as hard as you can, uh, but not like wanting to hurt others in the process. And um, you know, he mentioned he's like you know he was glad that that Mike got to get that right for his for his last game. Um, obviously, no one knew it was nobody knew. And and it just it, it does hurt to see that, but um, you know it's just a matter of of like yeah he he got his egg bowl trophy, and when everyone was saying you know oh he can't beat his rivals this that this that you know and a lot of that just came from competing against a very very talented one of the better stretches in, in Washington's recent history, um it just looked like. We also had really good Ole Miss teams that we faced, but we beat a good one on Thanksgiving night, and and it was just such a beautiful way for Coach Leach to uh, to to end it. And and we hate it that it's over, but man, like it, he went out in style. Absolutely, I mean, he, his comments after the game, talking about you know that that place looks like it's on fire, and Caleb ducking. I don't want to out him. I'm sure like everybody knows, probably people know this by now. He went live on Facebook, which is something that players are told not to do for obvious reasons. And I couldn't help but go back and watch it later on. Um, and uh, right after Dr. Keenum talks to him, Leach didn't have much to say, but of course everybody's lighting up their cigars and Leach just kind of look uh, before he gives a statement. He's like, all right, before you guys burn this bleeping place to the ground, and just kind of goes into his uh his little spiel about you know being proud of them for you know getting the wind done, but you know the obviously stuff we can be better about. And it was a 
it, it was quite the way to go out. And you talk about Lane Kiffin's comments. Like, I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I've, I'm that big of a fan of Lane, given the way that he's handled some stuff recently um, in his time in Oxford. But I don't doubt for a minute that everything he said was 100% true because there's like, he did love Mike Leach and they had a fantastic relationship. And it is ultimately, even as someone who embraces the rivalry and, you know, gets in on, you know, you know, with hatred and all that kind of stuff, because I find it, you know, fun. There is a level of it, you know, it, it is good that you had coaches like that who who could get along so well between the two schools and had a ton of admiration and respect for one another. And I mean, I, I think that, that's kind of where you, you have to close things. Bleach is just that you see how much the coaching community cared about it because of how important mm. it was to so many people. And um, that memorial service is going to be a sight to behold because uh, there, again, there's not been few, there's been few coaches who've impacted the game more than him. And the, the spirit that he, that he was for college football was such a great thing. And again, at the end of the day, you know, we're not the important ones ones in here. It's his wife, Sharon, and their kids. And obviously, you know, his his uh, you know, his his fellow staff members and the players, those are the ones who are, you know, losing a massive figure in their life. And our you know, our thoughts and prayers go out to all of them. But it's a big blow for the college football world and it's it's sad to see it end. I but I, I go back to something I said a lot earlier. I, I am glad that Leach lived life the way that he did and that he got to, you know, just make the absolute most of it while he was here. Yeah. Um, just like I said, you know, we're, we're, we're thinking of Sharon and, and praying for you. Definitely. Um, I mean, it, it's just, yeah. Heartbreaking. And, and, you know, one last thing to you, Mike, I mean, we love you coach and, and hate, you had to go out the way you did, but glad you lived the way you lived. Glad you could impact us, and and we just hope that we had an impact on you too. Absolutely, um, it not gonna be the same not having him around Sarkville. Um, I I really wish we could have we could have had some more years, but he goes out a legend. Um, and you know that now there's the side of it where you you kind of have to you know unfortunately you do, I hate tying this stuff together because I know it's really tough to go from talking like that to the future, but. We, we now have the news of the future. Um, this evening, as we record, it gets announced that Mississippi State is going to promote Zach Arnett to being head coach full-time. And I, I think this is a move that most of the fan base was on board with and is, I think, far and away the best option right now for this team. Um, coach Arnett has obviously done a fantastic job uh, with the program in his three years here as, as a defensive play caller. Uh, what he's been able to help do on the recruiting trail and as a you know, leader in the locker room. And he's someone who who has garnered a ton of respect. He is a rising star in the industry and has just been a huge part of Mississippi State's success over the past three years. Um, and I think he is the natural successor. If you were trying to – I think, you know, Mike Leach kind of – even though his vision was not fulfilled, I think the program was kind of built, Right. He, he came in and, you know, Mike Leach is going to do things his way and kind of rebuild things and hit his vision. And that takes some time. Um, but I think we were getting to the point where it's like, okay, we've got the foundation laid. We can start building off of this. And it's a shame that he doesn't get to feel, live that out. But I think it makes perfect sense that you go with someone who has been around for it and knows how 
it, it functions to have that continuity for the players, um, have that continuity for the fellow staffers. I mean, and look, we don't know what's going to happen in terms of who's who is going to stick around. I'm sure there will be some guys who end up leaving, some guys who would pursue other roles. But I mean, obviously, you don't want to be talking about a situation where you're losing an entire side of your staff, and not in a situation like this. So I think it's it's ultimately for the best for this program going forward. And not to be blunt, but signing day like nine days away, you you want to have that continuity around, even in such a tragic time. And I think State made the best move. Yeah, based on the circumstance, it was the only move you, you could make, I think. Um, you know, some people threw a name or two around. There's just nothing – there There was no other way, really, uh, based on our current circumstance. And, you know, I think uh, President Keenum and Bracky Brett have been – this is a tough time for them in a sense that like, I mean, it's just, they're, they're working double overtime right now just to make sure, like, just to maintain this. Right. Because I mean, the players said to, to, to Bracky is like, we want to play in this, this bowl game, you know? And, and so uh, it's like, all right, like we got to get things together. And, and, and it's, it's a hard thing to do. Right. Because like you have to do it so soon, so soon after, uh Mike's death that that you have to be getting this ready and and you know and you know some people were might have said yeah well maybe you find an AD and whatnot no like this is the the best move right now for the program in order to retain a lot of what you have right now um yeah like you you have to do that and, and I love hearing what uh Stefan said um with his article today of what Mike uh uh Chris Parson had texted it to some of the other crews, you know, that, that this is the last class that, uh, that, that Leach was going to bring in. Right. And, and it was like, you know, we gotta, we gotta do something great here. Right. We gotta produce something fantastic. And he's the, you know, the one that so many people have been so excited about rightfully. So very talented, uh, young man at quarterback. And, um, you know, no matter what, it's like, I don't see a way in which, you know, at least just, you know, left or uh, retired or, you know, been hired at another place, you know, yeah, maybe recruits would, would sometimes leave because that happens all the time. But, but based on the current circumstance, you know, no, no one has any idea how to handle any of this, right? Because it just, we don't, we don't have anything recently that happened on how to, to understand uh, what to do. And, and that, that's, you know, one of the hardest things for, for this part, right? Because, you know, we spent a lot of time remembering and honoring Coach Leach. But now it's like, and, and just like you said, I mean, we, we hate to have to talk about it. You know, I don't want to have to talk about it. You don't want to talk about it. No one wants to have to talk about it. Uh, but, but in the end, like, you know, we made a decision like, yeah, like we're going to play in a bowl game. And, and, you know, there's coaches work all the time on recruiting. It, it's a vital part of the job. And, you know, that's something that has to continue. And, and getting uh, Zach Arnett to be the full-time head coach right now, you know, obviously going and would end up make, you know, in home visits, excuse me, and and going and seeing recruits, talking to recruits, you know, hey, like, you know, I'm, I'm the head coach now. Like, um, you know, I hope that we can retain you or to any any guys that haven't committed yet, right? Hey, you know, I know you could talk to Coach Leach before, but, but I just want to, like, encourage you right you know get you to come to mississippi state 
And, and it's good to have that right now, right. For the, for the future of the program. And that, you know, you know, some people would say it like this. I mean, coach Leach would want us to keep going, right. Like keep pushing the program forward, keep pushing, you know, possibly the vision that he had it. And we will never truly know what his vision was. He, he was, he thought so much. And so, you know, we, we as just normal fans won't understand what his vision was for this, but you know, he, uh, he'd want us to keep going. And, and just like the players say, he'd get up. They said we, he'd get pissed at us if we didn't play the ball game. You know, I thought that was right. a, bit of a funny quote, right? Which spoke to who he was, right? Hey, just keep playing. Like, uh, uh, and one of my favorite quotes ever was, you know, when I die, uh, what I want in the obituary, I don't care. That's their problem. They're the ones that write it, you know? And what uh, do I care? I'm dead. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I'm sure what he would have cared about is is Mississippi State continuing, right? And and fighting hard for for their beloved coach. Um in in his honor and in his memory. And he he probably would also say it's like I don't care if you do it for me, just do it for Mississippi State. You know, just just part of the beautiful nature of who he is. No, for sure. That's and that's definitely a very, you know, a football guy type answer which it is fitting uh as I I shared um, pardon my take is going to be re- renaming their annual football guy of the year award in, in uh, uh, for after Mike Leach, which oh, look, obviously part of my take, it, it's a super popular podcast, which of course it built around, you know, joking and having fun, but those, they love football guys and they loved Mike Leach. And that's a, I, that, that right there is a great honor for him, but that's definitely like Mike Leach is not the type of guy who would have been caring. Like, you know, we're, we're talking about all how we're going to memorialize him in the bowl game. And I, I, I hate it that, I was looking for I, – I know, like, it's still fitting that we get to play in a stadium with a pirate ship, but, I man, I wanted to see him in that pirate ship. Um, but hopefully the, the team can can go out and, you know, get a win in his honor. Um, and, you know, you, we talked about, you know, moving forward with Zach Arnett. You hate to make a, you know, potential long-term decision because of short-term circumstances, but – a, I don't think you're doing that. I, I think you're you're you are promoting someone who is a clear up and comer in this sport that was going to be a head coach very soon as is. State was already having to fend off big time programs trying to poach him to come be DC. But in a time like this, well, I think there's no question the best thing for these players is to have some sort of continuity. Um, because that that's the side of it you got to think about from the football perspective. It's like these guys have gone through an absolute whirlwind with what took place. And obviously the program itself was still in a building stage. It's like you were still kind of, you're still talking about a lot, having a lot of guys on the roster who had already been through a coaching change. And then to have, uh, you know, lose it, lose their head coach in the way that they did. You need some sort of stability in there. And I think you're going to find that with Zach Arnett. So you hate that this is how it happens. I know people have been talking, you know, Zach Arnett is the successor for Leach for a long time. As like you know, Mike Leach is going to ride off into the sunset, and it'll be just going to promote Zach Arnett and keep rolling. Unfortunately, life doesn't always work out that way. But I do think Mississippi State has the right man for what they're going to be doing moving forward, and I think he's going to do a great job of continuing to build off the toughness that Mike Leach instilled in this program and the culture that Mike Leach built for this program. I think you're going to be able to keep that going now. And obviously, the next question is what's going to happen in terms of the offense. Um, and we can talk about that more in, in, in another episode. Um, I think the expectation is you're going to stick with the, the air raid. 
I mean, I, I think you're going to see the a lot of the current coaching staff stay on. Maybe somebody within that staff gets promoted, whether it be Spurrier Jr. I've heard a ton of great things about Drew Hollingshead and, and him being kind of that next great Mike Leach assistant who makes it big, but he's a younger guy. And obviously there's a lot of names out there of guys from the air raid tree, whether it be a Graham Harrell or a Seth Luttrell or uh, a Zach Kitley, Garrett Riley, whoever it may be. Um, we can get more into that at another time. Um, but I, I do think, it, I, I I personally want to see this program continue being built kind of in the image of Mike Leach, and I think we're kind of kind of get that. But obviously, we'll we'll, we'll learn more of that about that as as the season as the end season the end of the season nears. Yeah, there there's definitely going to be some changes made, and uh, but obviously, like I, I'm not as especially with just the short term notice, I haven't really had time to, to look at anything, and and I. Uh, you know, I just – you're right. I, I do hope we keep building that offense around uh, Mike Leach and, and we'll never have the same play calling that he did, right? And no one – and all the the people who all, – all his former, you know, uh, uh, players and coaches who have now gone on to their own jobs in, in that coaching tree, you know, none of them just did it the same way he did. None of them ever will. He's – they're all different, right? They took their own approach at it, but some have been very successful, some have not. Uh, but you see a lot of great success in that coaching tree, a lot of great success. And so, uh, you know, I would be okay with Spurrier Holland's head at, at offensive coordinator, right? And, and um, you know, I have heard before that Holland's head could be that next, like, fantastic coach. Uh, under under leach the 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 brilliant genius right who could uh bring in that kind of success that you see with lincoln riley and sonny dykes um and hey it'd be it'd be pretty pretty cool to see that but um yeah it's just uh, uh obviously you know i'm glad i'm not the one uh being in that position to make that that higher right because uh, i just don't know uh, but thankfully, you know, you got a you got a guy that you can trust right now, Zach Arnett, because because we we do trust him and we do believe in him as our head coach, and and I think that can't be said enough, right? He's he's our guy, um, and and you know we're so thankful for for what he's done for our defense these last three years. Now let's you know see him uh, be a great head coach, and we definitely hope that that uh, and like I said, there's a reason we believe in him, and and um, you hate the circumstance of him having to, to be elevated to that position, but you know, it, it, I say it like this life, life does happen. And, and um, sometimes you're, you're put in positions that you don't want to be in. Uh, Cause like I said, he probably doesn't want to be our head coach right now. Just in, but when I say that, right. I mean, right, yeah. based on how we acquired the job, right. He wanted to be a head coach one day who would it be, but you know, filling in those giant shoes, it's just, it's so hard to fill. And, um, but but if anyone who was on our staff can do it, it would be Zach Arnett. So we believe in him. For sure. Um, you know, Mississippi State has been very fortunate that over the past three years they've had genuinely one of the best coaches in the sport. And a guy who is as good for a program like Mississippi State as you could ask for, a guy who when he gets his things gets things rolling, you get you got stability and you you know what to expect and you know you're going to have a tough team that goes out and does its job as he would always say, you know, be the most excited to play, uh, be a team and do your job. It was always very simple with Mike Leach, and that simpleness delivered a lot of great results. And 
it it's awful that we don't get to keep him, you know, here to to continue that. But we can continue it in another way by building off the foundation that he was able to lay. And I think that's what we're going to see for the future go, uh, going forward. So, yeah, one final time, just uh, prayers for his family, prayers for the team and the coaching staff. Um, and, I mean, hopefully we can go out and get a win for the Pirate down in Raymond James in the bowl game. Um, it feels so lame and stupid to end the pod like this, but I had been talking about we were going to do a bowl challenge. I put one together for Capital One Bowl Pick on ESPN. Uh, if you have the ESPN Fantasy app, you can, I think you can access it through through there. Uh, it's the Maroon Mike. I tweeted it out from our account. The password is Maroon Mike. Both M's are capitalized, no space. Um, if you want to participate in that bowl pick them uh, as a way to cap off the college football season. Uh, so I, I just had to include that in there because there's a little bit of uh, news. Uh, I, I don't like saying it there given everything we've had to talk about. But that's going to do it for us today. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. And Colton told me we're going to say this after every episode going forward, and I still agree. As always, swing your sword and hail state.